What's going on? Max Saboka here from Awesomeo.com, filling in for my buddy Josh Engelman this week with the DraftKings Week 10 Main Slate Contenders video. This is an excellent Main Slate. Excited to get into this one. Before we get started, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell so that you know every single time we're going live, you guys know what to do. And you can follow me, Matt Savoka, on Twitter, at Draftaholic. And make sure to comment on the video, which are your favorite, least favorite plays that I talk about this week. All right, let's get into this one. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Jock Market. Jock Market is fantasy sports turned into a stock exchange where you can make money every minute, every hour, even every second by buying and selling shares of your favorite players for real money. Use our exclusive code AWESOMO for a $50 first-time deposit bonus when you download the app today. They've got markets for the NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, and NHL, and it has a first market guarantee. Jock Market will refund any losses in your NFL or NBA market up to $100 on that first refund. Yeah, and of course, use that promo code AWESOMO. You can see it at the bottom of the screen there. All right, as you see on the screen here, we've got our top 10 defenses. The Eagles, surprisingly, number one tied basically with the Buccaneers and Bills. That salary saving option at 2,700. Who are going to be my top five at the other positions? Well, let's find out. Okay, starting with the tight ends, number five, Dan Arnold. Really emerging here in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Yes, the Jaguars offense is nothing special this year, even with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. PFF has them ranked as the 29th ranked offense, and they're facing the seventh base, seventh best defense in the Indianapolis Colts this week. They're heavy underdogs, but but Indianapolis has been much, much tougher to run against than they have been to pass against. In fact, in just PFF's defensive coverage grades, Indianapolis is actually bottom five, which explains Arnold's 9.5 median projection. Yes, the ceiling isn't really there. He's getting greater than 25 fantasy points in just 1.4% of the simulations, but the target share has been there. The median projection is there, and 3,500 salary can't complain with that. That's why he comes in at number five. At number four, it's the Los Angeles Chargers starting tight end, Jared Cook. Solid 9.8 median projection, 3,200 salary. We won't complain about that, but really, it's a process play here. We play home favorite tight ends, and that's exactly what Cook is this week. The Chargers are small favorites against the Minnesota Vikings in the second highest total game on the slate at 51.5. This is a good offense versus a good defense. Both these teams, both these units are top 10 in the league. He's getting under 10 fantasy points in 51% of our simulations, but I like the median projection. The ceiling is somewhat there with greater than 25 fantasy points and almost 8% of the Sims. I'll take it with Jared Cook. Not a bad play at all this week. Number three, Pat Fryermuth, rookie tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. With Eric Ebron sideline, Fryermuth has taken this tight end one role over completely, caught two touchdowns last week on Monday Night Football, and doesn't get the salary boost because these salaries were already out. So he's still just 3,900 on DraftKings. That's fantastic. You see the median projection boost all the way up to 11.7. Compare that to the other two I just talked about. 
He's in 12.1% of our simulations right now as the optimal tight end. And even though the Steelers rank 30th in offensive grade by PFF, the Detroit Lions defense ranks even worse. Dead last in PFF's defensive grade. We'll take that. Friermuth also a heavy home favorite with the Steelers favored by nine points in Pittsburgh against the Lions. Easy pick for Friermuth this week. At number two, how about a heavy home favorite tight end who is on a great offense? That's what Dalton Schultz looks like this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Highest total game on the slate, 55 points. And yes, they are favored by a touchdown and a field goal. 14-point median projection. We can't complain about that. And with Dak Prescott back, theoretically healthier than he was even a week ago, we can expect Dalton Schultz to get at least six targets. And really, there's double-digit target upside here. He's got greater than 25 fantasy points in nearly 15% of our simulations. He's the optimal tight end in 14% of our simulations. I mean, this is just a smash spot for Schultz against Atlanta's putrid 28th-ranked defense. And coming in at number one, it's Kyle Pitts, the tight end on the other side of that Dallas-Atlanta game. The number one wideout tight end, whatever you want to call him, for the Atlanta Falcons, so long as Calvin Ridley is out. 5,800 on DraftKings. You're getting up there in salary, but you're also getting up there in median projection. 16.1 median projection is just fantastic for any tight end. And the ceiling is really there for Pitts in our simulations. He's getting over 25 fantasy points in nearly 33%, nearly a third of our simulations he's getting there he is number one of all tight ends on this slate in expected fantasy points so from an opportunity and usage standpoint and from an efficiency production and game script standpoint there is nothing to dislike about Pitts. that's why he's number one among all tight ends on our top five list moving on to the wide receivers number five the new england patriots wide out jacoby myers yes he hasn't caught a touchdown yet but still the receptions totals have been there the target totals has been there and they are favored surprisingly against the shorthanded cleveland browns it's an ugly game total 45 points and i'm surprised to see that pff has the new england patriots offense ranked so highly they may be down a few running backs. There may be a little more touchdown upside for Myers than there are on normal weeks, but I'm not counting on anything. It's gone this long without him catching a touchdown. Still, greater than 25 fantasy points in nearly 20% of our simulations. He's coming in at 13% chance of being in the optimal lineup. That's why we got Myers in a so-so matchup coming in at number five. At number four, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they're playing the Jaguars. It's pretty easy. Yeah, they're prob probably getting T.Y. Hilton back this week. And the passing offense does like to spread the ball around. But still, I'm really liking Pittman's projection here. The 23rd ranked offense for the Colts, not great. But still, we saw 15 targets for Pittman in week eight against Tennessee. Back down to earth a little bit in week nine with six. But still... He's got 20 or more fantasy points in two of his last three games and 15 or more fantasy points in all three of his last three games. The ceiling is there greater than 25 fantasy points in over 36% of our simulations. Pittman against the Jaguars and their terrible defense. I'll take it all day. Absolutely. 
At number two, it's Devontae Adams heading his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, back off a COVID list, presumably for this main slate after missing last week against the Chiefs. He's facing a Seattle defense that just ranks 17th in the NFL, pretty much league average in PFS defensive grade. And what isn't there to like about Adams' opportunity, especially with Rodgers back? Number one in the NFL in target share. Number one in the NFL in air yard share. His 15 targets of 20 yards or more ranked seventh among all wide receivers. And in terms of targets per route run, there's nobody better in the NFL than Devontae Adams. Yes, the salary is creeping up there, but so is the projection. He gets over 25 fantasy points in a whopping 52% of our simulations. We don't have to tell you that the ceiling is there for Devontae Adams with that connection with Aaron Rodgers against Seattle in a possible shootout. We're going to want to have a lot of Adams this week. And at number one for the wide receivers, it's Deontay Johnson, likely having Chase Claypool sidelined for multiple weeks is the reason we're seeing pop him pop in almost 25% of the optimal lineups. The median projection is crazy high for Johnson, a player who can easily have 15 targets in a game. In fact, he's had 13, exactly 13 targets three times already this season last week it was only six but that was a healthier wide receiver core at least for some of the game against the chicago bears on monday night football this week against detroit and their dead last ranked defense ben roethlisberger has to throw to somebody and while there are some value options and some tight ends i mentioned earlier in the video johnson is the far and away clear wide receiver one on this team if claypool sits He's getting over 25 fantasy points and 52% of our projections. I know the Steelers offense hasn't been spectacular, but Johnson has a floor and a ceiling that is unignorable this week. That's why he comes in at number one. Moving on to the running back position, number five, Aaron Jones. Uh, this looks like a great spot for Aaron Jones. Getting Aaron Rodgers back and having Devontae Adams back, having those three on the field together hasn't happened in a couple of weeks, and they're facing a Seattle defense who is not really scaring anyone. 17th in PFS defensive grade. It's a pretty high total. I'm actually surprised that Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson isn't getting a 50-point total, but... They are favored, the Packers are, by three and a half points. The median projection is there, 19 points, and he's getting greater than 25 fantasy points in 42% of our simulations. Aaron Jones, yes, he's got a projection all over the place. You can see it in that distribution there, but the ceiling is there and the median is there. He comes in at number five. There are a couple of players I like a little better, but there really isn't anything to particularly dislike about Jones either. At number four, it's the Cowboys' Ezekiel Elliott. It was concerning at the start of the second half last week. We saw Elliott on the sideline without a helmet with his knee wrapped in ice, but he came back into the game, was able to finish, and while the team didn't do particularly well, Elliott was ultimately fine finishing with 12.6 fantasy points on a reduced workload. Still, the target and carry upside is unignorable and the game script should be perfect for the Dallas offense with Dak Prescott presumably one week healthier and they're still ranked as the number one offense by PFF favored by 10 points he will cede some work to Tony Pollard but I think that there is 22 to 25 opportunity upside for Elliott in just a perfect game environment highest game total on the slate and nearly a 20 point median projection 
Ezekiel Elliott coming in at number four. Number three, free square alert, free square alert. Yes, we possibly have Alvin Kamara sitting this week, which would put Mark Ingram in line for a ton of opportunity against the Tennessee Titans. No, the matchup doesn't look great. They're underdogs by three points in a fairly low 45-point total game. And the Saints offense is just nothing like what it used to be with Drew Brees at the helm, ranked 20th via PFF's grades this year. And they're playing Tennessee, whose defense surprised a lot of people last week on Sunday Night Football, really taking it to the Los Angeles Rams in that upset victory. So while Ingram's opportunity should absolutely be there, it probably is going to top 20 total opportunities if Ingram isn't there. It may not be a situation where he gets... Uh, to run away he doesn't have a humongous ceiling with this yes just because of the workload he's seeing more than 25 fantasy points in 36 percent of our simulations but I think he's going to get closer to that median score which is still excellently high for a player who's 4,500 in salary at over 16 fantasy points you got to play him as a salary saver this week number two it's Najee Harris yeah we'll take guaranteed touches all day in fantasy football which is all about volume and Najee Harris is getting it in spades he's had at least 22 rushes and at least three targets in four of four straight games making that floor projection so incredibly high that's why he's scoring less than 10 fantasy points in just seven percent of our simulations really something would have to go horribly wrong even for Pittsburgh's 30th ranked offense to not get Najee Harris to 10 fantasy points against the Detroit Lions 32nd ranked defense they are favored by over a touchdown at home we play home favorite running backs here at awesomeo.com especially ones with 22 point median projections absolutely nothing to dislike about Harris especially when you just think he may have the most touches of anyone on this slate and at number one the free square that is trying to outdo Mark Ingram it's Dernis Johnson this one opened up earlier in the week when Nick Chubb and really the rest of the Cleveland Browns running back room was placed on the COVID-19 list there is a small outside chance that they will play Sunday but assuming they don't then this role is locked up by Dernis Johnson and we've already seen this play out once this season against the Denver Broncos in week seven 24 total opportunities and 27 DraftKings fantasy points he was able to get 168 total yards I mean that is just a fantastic amount of total production and the touchdown upside is absolutely there against New England yeah it's a tough matchup they are underdogs by just a point in a 45-point game total. But the New England defense isn't scaring us. 18th-ranked defense by PFF's grades. He gets over 25 fantasy points in a whopping 58% of our projections. And our top five quarterbacks rounding out the top five is Carson Wentz. Yeah, you want quarterbacks who have been playing well who are now going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I guess you did until last week because Josh Allen got wrecked by this defense in a 9-6 victory for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still, they're the 24th ranked defense by PFF grades. But Indianapolis, again, ranked 23rd. The thing with Carson Wentz is he's been playing excellently. Over the last three weeks, he's had 20-plus fantasy points in each of those games, throwing for three passing touchdowns in two straight weeks. 
And he even tossed in a rushing touchdown three weeks ago. So you got a little bit of upside there. The Indianapolis offense is just playing better. That's really all we can say. Jonathan Taylor is playing at his best. He's played in his career. Michael Pittman is finally emerging. And they're expecting T.Y. Hilton back this week. That all adds up to Carson Wentz having an excellent median projection and a pretty solid ceiling getting over 25 fantasy points nearly 57% of the time. Number four, it's Taylor Heineke. And really, this has to do with the fact that he's playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are likely to run up the score. You notice that he's a 10-point underdog, but you also notice that the game total is north of 50 points. That has to do with the Tampa Bay offense. And when you're playing the Tampa Bay offense, you're also needing to pass and play fast in order to try and keep up with that team. They may be down a few players on the other side, but I don't think they're going to be down a whole lot of points. So Taylor Heineke, with the passing and rushing upside, remember he rushed for 95 yards against Green Bay in Week 7. Uh, that is unignorable. So the median projection, it's okay at 16, but really what we're noticing is the ceiling that he could get to if he keeps pace with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like he did, by the way, in that wild card playoff round in the 2020 playoffs. Not saying he's definitely going to do that, but he could do that. Again, the ceiling is there, and the team he's playing against will probably force him to pass and have plenty of pace in this game. At number three, it's Matt Ryan. Yeah, he's a heavy underdog on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, but this is another one where game environment suggests that there is going to be a whole lot of scoring on both sides of the ball. And if the Falcons want any chance to win this game, they are going to have to keep pace with Matt Ryan and his right arm. And what can you say? He was masterful last week against New Orleans, 343 passing yards on just 30 attempts. That's 11.4 yards per attempt, by far the best efficiency we've seen from Ryan this year. It ended up with a QB3 overall performance. That shows us that the ceiling is there. And like we see here, the median projections are also solid. Over 20 fantasy points as a median projection, showing up in the, in the optimal lineup nearly 9% of the time. I know the Atlanta Falcons offense doesn't have all their weapons right now, but in this matchup in Dallas, they are going to have to score. That's why we love Ryan this week. Number two, it's Jalen Hurts, and this Philadelphia offense, it's really a tale of two seasons here. The first half of the year, they were throwing the ball at one of the highest clips we've seen in the NFL in a long time, and now they've reversed course entirely. They're essentially the run-heaviest team in football. They're just not throwing the ball at all. 14 total pass attempts for Jalen Hurts against Detroit in week eight, 17 total attempts against the Chargers in week nine. But really, what can you say about Jalen Hurts rushing upside that hasn't been said already? He's basically got 60 rush yard floor every single game he goes out there, which just adds so much to the, it just boosts so much for his projection. That's why we see a 22 point median projection and he's getting greater than 25 in, basically it's a coin flip, 52% of the time he's getting over 25 fantasy points the philadelphia offense by pff grades actually is surprisingly high because their production has not been as high as it is so we're going to take the the projections here we're going to trust the math and go with jalen hurts even though this team is barely passing for a modern offense before we go into our final quarterback play our favorite quarterback play 
of the week. Just want to remind you guys to please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell so that you guys know when we're going live all the time, you guys know what to do. And if you could give me a follow on Twitter, at Draftaholic, I'm Matt Savoka. I'd really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, Jock Market. Make sure to use that promo code AWESOMO. Download the app today. You are going to love it over there. And at number one, it's Josh Allen. Yep, we're giving him a mulligan after last week's disaster against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought last week was the get-right game for Josh Allen. Nope, we're just pushing it one week forward to this week. That's what the Jets tend to do defensively. They are the 31st ranked defense by PFF grades. And while Buffalo has slid all the way to 21st, we know that the ceiling is there for this offense, or certainly hope the ceiling is still there for this offense. We are projecting a get-right game for this team, a 27 fantasy point median projection, which means that he's scoring greater than 25 fantasy points nearly two-thirds of the time. That's fantastic for any player, even a quarterback, and he's under 10 fantasy points just 6.5% of the time. Of course, any player can fail in any spot, but Josh Allen needing a win against the Jets looks pretty darn good, even at 7,900. He is our number one quarterback play of the week. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for the awesome Week 10 DraftKings Contenders video for this Week 10 main slate. It's going to be a great one. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. We will back, be back here Sunday with our Sunday night football contenders picks. If you're looking for the FanDuel version, it's around here somewhere. Check it out. My name is Matt Savoka, filling in for Josh Engelman. We will see you guys next time.